Solomon's Song of Songs, starting at chapter 1, verse 1, and going through to chapter 2, verse 7. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. We rejoice and delight in you. We will praise you, your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you. Dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark, because I am darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I had to neglect. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? If you do not know, most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the sheep and graze your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots' horses. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with strings of jewels. We will make you earrings of gold, studded with silver. While the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. My beloved to me is a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyard of Engedi. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming, and our bed is verdant. The beams of our house are cedars, our rafters are firs. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Let him lead me to the banquet hall, and let his banner over me be love. Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken awaken love until it so desires. Please do keep that text in front of you. And let me pray once more. Our our God, to open your word is to gaze upon your beauty. And so as, as we try to do it now... May we, we, may we see some of that, even now. Amen. Who? Who is God? Who is God? 
who comes to mind? Um, what is he like? If he does exist, that's the ultimate answer to find. Who, who is he? It's amazing that he would disclose himself to us. The trouble is it's easy to imagine God in a distorted way. God is a rock. God is a stream of water. God is a lamb. God is a lion. God is a feeding mother. God is a good father. God is a king. God is a shepherd. Um, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Abba, our good father in heaven. Just that picture takes you to someone personal. You imagine a relationship of some sort. But he's distant. He's, he's in heaven. So everything that he, he gives us, we, it takes us somewhere in our imagination. Every picture, every metaphor, every description. So rather trembling and timid, uh, I chose to open up a book of the Bible in which God reveals himself to us as a passionate lover, as a bridegroom, as a, as a husband. Um, and as we open this book, we encounter a God who is madly in love. In this book, packed full of sensuality, even, even nudity, even passion. Yes, God of the Bible created these things. He cares about these things. He created a world full of beauty, full of desire. But as, as we open this book uh, about a love relationship between a man and a woman, and later on we would see that they get married, it is super important to remember on the front end that marriage is not the greatest good and the greatest happiness of man. God is the greatest good of everyone. God is the greatest happiness of, of singles and of marrieds. Um, the love song is, starts with the song of songs. It's the ultimate song. In, in the background of the, the flames of passion and the beautiful bodies, there is, a, there is a melody of the love song. The song of God and, and his love for his beloved, for his bride, for his church. That love should be a love that should, should make our heads spin and should make our hearts leap for joy the more we understand that. So that is my prayer for today, that we would know the love of God through his Son, and as we dive, dive uh, into the text, we dive into the deep end straight away. A sudden eruption of, of longing. Verse 2, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Okay, friends, it, it's poetry. Um, it is meant to speak not only by its content, but its, its tone, its, its feel, uh, its emotion. So we do need IQ, yes, okay, but we need the, the EQ as well. That is very needed. Um, it's, its author, Solomon, 
the great king of Israel was probably the greatest genius that ever walked this planet. And his literary output was just outstanding. No, no one can top that up, I think. He's a master of words. He is, he's giving us layers of layers of, of meaning in his poetry. So, for example, his, his characters. She and he. Who are they? He? Is he, is he a shepherd? Just an ordinary guy? And, but, but he is a king to her. Or it's the other way around. He, he's, he's the king, but he's, he's also a shepherd of people. She? We know, we know even less. We, we just know how she feels. We know what she longs for. We know when she's sad. Are they Adam and Eve in the garden? Maybe. Maybe not. Even though the, the song is full of it does feel like there's, there's this freedom and, and perfect bodies in the song. So for some of us, mainly possibly guys, this type of literature is a, is a huge challenge. Uh, but God evidently thinks that we need love poetry to help us love the Lord our God with all our mind, heart and soul and strength. So let's, let's have the emotions of the song mold our affections for the one who is the love of our lives. And the first emotion that we can see straight in the, in the first, the verses 2 to 4, desire. Desire. We begin by, by hearing a woman's voice. She is with the daughters of Jerusalem in the city, but she just, she just can't stop thinking about him. Um, she, she can't bear being without him. She's altogether somewhere else. She longs for his kisses. She, she dreams about his endearment. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. All senses involved. Touching of lips. Taste of wine. You inhale. Verse 3. You, you smell the perfume. She hears what the other single ladies speak about him. She's there with her friends, but she'd rather be with him. She can't bear being without him. When will this waiting end? Verse 4, draw me after you, take me away, let, let, let us hurry. Even her friends celebrate her desire for kisses. They affirm her desire. It is right, it is biblical. Um, Adam leaped in excitement when he first met Eve. He said, at last. And then poetry started. Um, here, she longs for him. Someone so utterly magnificent. Someone so love-worthy. He is able to arouse this kind of stuff in her. She is unable to constrain herself. So we should feel her thirst that only he can satisfy. That motion is right there if we just let ourselves feel it. And let us not forget that that poetry has has deeper layers. The the goal of everything beautiful and good is that it's a taster of just something even more beautiful and even more good. 
And this human relationship, this, this romantic passion is a pointer to, to the passion of God, for God. There's no relationship, no romance, no, no sex, nothing was created to ultimately satisfy. Because even the, the closest, the, the most intimate, the most erotic relationship on earth, marriage, will not exist in the new creation. Why? Because even, even at its best, it's just a reflection, an image that is to be surpassed by reality, the, the marriage of the church with God's Son. Only then our souls will be fully and forever satisfied, and God will satisfy us with himself. So, so we are not to read poetry speedily. It, it forces us to slow down, possibly ask and, and, and think, is she a reflection of, of my desire for Christ? Is Christ so unforgettably attractive to me? Is to that degree she, she can't wait to be with him? Am I, can't I wait to be with him too like she? Desire. Desire is, is there as the first emotion. The second emotion is insecurity. Self-doubt comes sneaking away straight away. As we look at verses 5 to 7, we can literally feel them. It's like, will he like me? You know, jelly belly, uh, a beak, you know, too much here, too, too little here. It's, it's very contemporary stuff. Four times in, in verses 5 to 6, she, she tells her Jerusalem friends of her dark skin. You see there? Um, and that is dark skin, that is not considered a pretty thing. Uh, verse 5, dark am I, yet lovely daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tents curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I am darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I have neglected. The local models, the, the princesses of Jerusalem, the Instagram girls, they're all pale. She... She is tanned. Note that her father is, is not mentioned. Possibly he's dead or he's unable to protect her from her brothers. And so she, she's abused. She, she has to work like a slave for them. Her skin is burned. She feels vulnerable, handicapped. Uh, they have destroyed her beauty. And she, they destroyed her hopes for him. Because guys don't go after such as her. Her vineyard, her body is left neglected. She, she feels the looks of the daughters of Jerusalem. She feels uncovered. She feels judged. Uh, she wants to flee away to her beloved. But maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. We understand, don't we? Um, am, am, am I enough? Am I strong enough? Um, really, am I? Really, really? Um, I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not cool enough. I'm not assertive enough. 
we're full of insecurities all the time. And we, we fear that we will be exposed, that people will see. We don't want to be seen for who we really are. So we create a public profile. We, we know what is cool, and so we learn to fake it. And not only we're insecure before others, when others look at us, we, we don't really want to know ourselves who we really are. And what's even worse, we, we try to even cover up before the God who, who knows everything, but we think we, can, we have the fig leaves. What is it for you? What brings insecurity into your life? Anything comes to mind? What are my imperfections, my dirty secrets? What maybe others see, but I don't want them to see, or maybe they don't even know yet. What would you not want us all to know? Passionate desire, debilitating insecurities, third emotion, tenderness. Strangely, this first part of the song ends with the two lovers in embrace. And it seems like they they just can't wait for the wedding night. Uh, Verse 6, chapter 2. His left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. It's beautiful, but, but how did they get there? How were her insecurities, her doubts overcome? The answer, his tender words. His first words to the girl, verse 8, chapter 1. If you do not know, most beautiful of women. And then verse 9. I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings. Your neck with strings of jewels. I don't know. You may be persuaded by a comparison to a horse. But... uh, a mare, though, was, was a symbol of majesty, uh, a great value. Only, only the king had a horse. So she is she's super precious. And, and he's chanting about her beauty. He, he, until, for now, it's just the face and the neck, uh, all parts that are public and visible to everyone. It's going to take a few more verses until he takes our eyes on the lower parts of her body. But not yet. Not yet. His words are powerful. Words are powerful, aren't they? In relationships. Husbands, wives, friends, girls, boys. The power to build build up and the power to tear down. We all really know that, really, really know. Words heal and the words wound. His tender words bring her comfort. When he speaks, she, she blossoms. When she's with him she, and he is just so gentle with her, she starts to smell of fragrance. Verse 12, while the king was at his table... 
My perfume spread its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of mirth resting between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of Engedi. And they stand there. They, they meet finally and they harmonize with their confessions of love to each other. He, verse 15, tells her how beautiful you are, my darling. And, but, but she cuts in, verse 16, straight away. Behold, you are beautiful. How handsome you are, my beloved. But there's still a bit of insecurity shines through. Verse, verse 1 of chapter 2. Um, I am a rose of Sharon, a, a lily of valleys. Um, I'm plain normal, like millions of others, like everyone's, everyone's like that. I'm no special. He, yes, you are, you are a lily, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, but like a lily among thorns, um, you are so special. And she doesn't even let him finish that sentence, and, and she, she cuts in, verse 3, as an, as an, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest. Uh, a fruit among pine trees. Uh, you stand out. So their excitement escalates through the roof. She, she's ready to faint and, and needs an energy drink, basically. Uh, verse 5, those, those apples and raisins. We, we hear that. We, we, that gentle rhapsody of words. They, there's the romantic rap and, and harmonizing of, of love. And as we... As we listen carefully, beyond the tender words of the lovers, we can hear Jesus' tender words. Because His words give life, like real life, eternal life. He who was, was dumped by us, he, he came and He loved us so much that He paid the highest price, the highest dowry for us. To redeem us. Can we even start to imagine how passionately God loves us in Jesus Christ? How he takes pleasure in his bride. In church. In a local body of believers. Can we even start to imagine? He, he covers her with the tender love. The, the banner of love. But there is, is a danger uh, we can so easily think that we in ourselves, we're just so irresistibly beautiful to him. Like, yeah, great, great. Uh, God loves me, so I must be beautiful. I must be great. That's not the case. Only human love works like that. I, I find someone nice, someone beautiful, so, so I fall in love as a, as a reaction to his being nice. Um, that's, God's love is totally different. God's love has nothing to do with, with how attractive we are to Him. He makes beautiful. He, he beautifies what he, what he loves. What is ugly becomes beautiful because He shows His love to us. God in Christ loves the ugly, the dirty, the sinful, the broke. You, you and I. Praise God that in Christ He loves us for nothing in us. Nothing in me, nothing in you. His love is all because of Him. And 
when we are one with Christ, one in Christ, our sin, our ugliness, our dirt, our depth become all His. And what's even more beautiful, that all of this wonder, this beauty, this fragrance, this loveliness, they become ours. So, so now when, when the God of the universe looks at His bride and when He looks at His people, in Christ you are so attractive to Him. In Christ you are so exciting to Him. In Christ you are so passionately loved. Are you His and He is yours? Then hear, hear His, his tender words that will make our hearts and minds and lives blossom and want to give our all to Him in a harmony of, of love. So may, they, may His words bring life to our insecure, fretting feelings and lives. Amen. And let's not go somewhere else with our minds uh, and keep these words of, of desire and passion um, as, we, as we sing a song uh, called Oh the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. It's, it's basically meditation on, on Jesus' love. So, so let's stand and sing this song and, and let's carry on in, in meditating on these words from the song.
my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming. As we go out into the week ahead of us, may we go harmonizing with you, our lover. As we meet new people, as we go into our jobs, our families, our our boring stuff and the exciting stuff, may we know that your love is on us because we are in your Son. Amen.